If you have your Bibles, open to Proverbs chapter number 4. Proverbs chapter number 4. And we're going to continue our series on Discover Your Destiny. All right, Discover Your Destiny. We've been talking about different aspects about destiny. We've been talking about the fact that uh, destiny is not something that you automatically will live. In fact, you can miss God's perfect plan for your life. And that's why it's so important to understand before I make the decisions that I'm making uh, to, to be sure to say, uh, God, what decisions do you want me to make? Before I go and live out my plans, what are the plans that you would have me to live? Is it the same or is your plans or are your plans different than my plans? And we talked about last week, we said, well, how do we know? How do we make these decisions? How, how is it that I, I know that the decision I'm making is what God wants me to make? I'm sure that that question has to have popped into your mind since we've been talking about missing destiny and how, how it's uh, easily for uh, any person to really make mistakes in the mistake zone. How do I know that the decisions that I'm making in my freshman year or my seventh grade year or in my senior year, how do I know that the decisions that I am making are the ones that God would have me to make? Well, we started last week with the lesson on getting serious. We said if we're going to make right decisions, first of all, we have to have a serious mind. And we talked a little bit about that, what it means to have a sober mind, a serious mind. Uh, there's no way that you can make right decisions in your life if all you're doing is playing, quote-unquote, church. If all you have is a religion tonight, then I can tell you right off the bat, there's no way that you're going to make right choices in your life. You must have a serious mind, and we talked about that last week. This week, we want to talk about the second tool that you will need. Not only are you going to need a serious mind, but you're going to need a pure heart, a pure heart. Now, let me read to you what Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says. It says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Solomon here is writing to his son, his son who's going to be the next king. And he's sharing with him what he has learned in his life, the wisdom that he has gathered and, and what God has allowed him to learn in his lifetime. And one of the important things he wanted to highlight for his son was this, your heart. Keep your heart and be sure you guard your heart because out of it is what life is all about. Out of your heart, you will make the decisions that you make. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, God says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And a little bit later in the lesson, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what that actually means. But the first question tonight that you may have, if I say you need to have a pure heart, would be, what is a pure heart? If, if you're saying that the second tool I need not only is a serious mind, but a pure heart, how, how do I know? What is a pure heart? Well, I want you to notice, first of all, in your notes, a pure heart is a heart that feels life's emotions, okay? A, a pure heart. Listen, it is with our heart. The Bible says that we feel life's emotions in our life, all right? Uh, out of it, you'll find uh, life's emotions. 
You'll discern life's desires and life's direction. So I want you to notice there in your notes, your heart discerns life's desires, what you want. Your heart tells you how you feel, but your heart also tells you what you want. Then I want you to notice that your heart also decides life's directions. All right, it's the chooser in your life. All right, it's going to tell you, all right, it, it, it's going to tell you, how do I feel in this moment with what is happening to me? Your heart also tells you what is that I want. And by the way, that's uh, an expression we use that you've heard many times. Hey, uh, uh, follow your heart's desire. What is your passion? Follow your passion in life. And really what that phrase means is what, what is it that you want? What is it that your heart wants or desires? And then your heart is what uh, is used in life to have directions. It's the chooser. And then I want you to notice, lastly, your heart includes your intellect. It's what you think with. So if you want to kind of break down what your heart is, is, it's what you feel, what you want, and what you think. That's your heart. As you read your Bible, you'll find that the Bible uses that expression many times. About guarding your heart, about examining your heart, about searching your heart. And really, it's not talking about physically going to a doctor and saying, hey, I need to have a heart test. Can, can you hook me up to an EKG and check my heart? He's not talking about physically doing that. He's talking about spiritually. You see, just like in the real world, in the physical world, when we're not feeling well, we go to the doctor. And if you're having heart problems, they will hook you up to an EKG machine and they'll, they want to see how your heart is doing. Just like in the physical world, you do that, we got to do the same thing in the spiritual world. In the spiritual realm, you, you, you have to have a time where you're beginning to search your heart. And that's really asking myself, what is it that I want? What is it that I'm feeling? Uh, what I'm choosing in life? What is it that I'm thinking about? You see, that all deals with your heart. The heart is the seat of your, of your conscience. It's the unseen influencer in every choice that you make. Even right now, listening to my voice, you're deciding in your heart, do I believe what Jeremy is saying or not? Do I really believe what I was singing or not? I mean, even in the time of worship, when we're singing these songs, uh, that's why Brother Jason will share with you and say, hey, think about the words. Think about what you're singing. Why? Because your heart is deciding, do I really believe that or not? Even as you sing the words. You know, it's entirely possible to sing reckless love of God and not even think about the love of God. You can do that. Because you do that with your heart. And I would never know. And Mr. Jason, as he leads over here, Brother Jason wouldn't know either. I can't look into your heart. I don't know if you're really thinking about that or you're thinking about school tomorrow or you're, you're thinking about something else in your life. And so that's why it's so important. You've got to ask yourself, what, what, why am I singing? What, what is it that I want? What, what is it that I'm choosing? What is it I'm thinking about? Because the heart deals with every one of those areas. Then I want you to notice there in your notes, your heart is what God sees and cares about. First, Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life. Everything you face in life has to do with how you feel, has to deal with what you want, has to deal with how you think, it has to do with the choices that you're making. That's why it's important to guard and keep your heart. 
But your heart, the Bible says, is also what God sees and cares about. Uh, look in 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel 16, if you have your Bibles or if you have an iPad or, or phone with your Bible there. 1 Samuel 16, 7. It says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord, notice this, for the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Now this might be, if you've grown up in church, a pretty um, popular verse that you've heard talked about. And there are two extremes when people sometimes study this verse. One extreme is to say, it really doesn't matter how I live. It doesn't matter how I dress. It doesn't matter how I talk. It doesn't matter how I look. Because in the end, God's just looking at my heart. Because the Bible says God looks on the heart. Man looks on the outward, but God looks on the heart. And they excuse all kinds of wrong behavior. They excuse all kinds of sinful kind of practices in their life. Just because we say, well, it doesn't really matter. God looks on the heart. That's one extreme of looking at this verse. And by the way, that's a wrong interpretation of this verse. But then you have the other extreme, and the other extreme says, well, it all depends on how I do on the outward. And we can become very religious, and we think, well, it's all about what I dress, and it's all about what I say, and it's all about how I look, and it's all about what I do on the outside, and that's all that matters. And it doesn't really matter if my heart's in it. It doesn't really matter if that's what I desire. It really doesn't matter if that's what I really think. All that matters is what people see and say about me. That's the other extreme. People say, well, man looks on the outside, so I have to be a perfect angel. Or, or if I do this, if I, if I can read my Bible more, God will love me more. If I can be at church every Sunday, God will love me more. God will do more for me. And that's the whole wrong extreme as well. Those are the two extremes when it comes to this verse. People, people look at this verse, and that's what they want to see. They say, number one, man sees the outward appearance, God sees the inward heart. And they, they go to that extreme. Well, let me tell you the best thing to do when you're analyzing this verse is simply to understand that God cares about both the outward and the inward. The scriptures, okay, the Bible is full of truths that teach about God saying, I want you to understand what's happening in your heart is very important. In fact, this Sunday morning, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1, which we're going to be looking at, it talks a lot about the why in life, the why of what you do for God. God's interested in what your heart says and what your heart feels and what your heart thinks. But it's also important what you do. Do you know if you have a right heart, then it'll help you to live right outwardly. In fact, the Bible teaches that our outward life is a result of our inward heart. That's why Jesus told those that were following him, he says, you know where lies come from? From somebody's heart. You know where murdering comes from? From somebody's heart. You know where evil speaking comes from? From someone's heart. You know where lust comes from? From our hearts. You see, the heart produces a lot of the outward. And that's why sometimes you can see if someone has a bad heart by the way they're living outwardly. So it's important to see the truth that God wants you to learn as you 
read 1 Samuel isn't one of the extremes. It isn't only the heart, and it's not only the outward. God sees them both important. Now there in your notes, I want you to, uh, I want you to notice, God desires inward transformation to produce outward conformity to Christ. God wants what he's doing in our hearts to produce us to be more like the Son of God, more Christ-like. He wants us to be more loving as Christ was loving, more forgiving as Christ was forgiving, more giving as Christ was giving, more sacrificial as Christ was sacrificial. More, much more kind to others because he was kind. To be patient with others because Christ was patient. You see, it all starts on the inside. So, as you think about this principle, think about, okay, my heart's important because it has to deal with what I feel, with what I want, with what I'm choosing, and with what I think. Now, if I'm going to get all those rights, if I'm going to have a pure heart, one that has those right things there, I got to understand, listen, it's important to have both in my life, an inward heart that loves God and an outward living that honors God. Now, there in your notes, I want you to notice another truth tonight, and that is this about your heart. Your heart can guide you away from God's will. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, the next two points sound like they're going to contradict one another, but they don't. And we'll explain why they don't contradict. Because you'll find that your heart can guide you away from God's will. And in number four, you'll find that your heart can guide you to God's will. <laughs> now, it sounds like it's contradictory. How can, it guide, uh, how can my heart guide me away and still guide me to at the same time? Well, let's talk about that. Number one, how can it guide me away from God's will? Well, number one, I want you to understand your heart can be destructive. Impure hearts make wrong decisions. Now, I got a list and we don't have time tonight. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 verses that talk about how evil your heart can be. The Bible says that your heart can be evil, obstinate, discouraged, double-minded, sorrowful, forward, proud, perverse, deceitful, wicked, foolish, wrongly trusted. And by the way, that's not all the Bible says about how evil our heart can get. That's just 13 verses of many more. So if you understand this, listen, understand that if you follow your heart and your heart is wrong, an impure heart, where you're allowing wicked thoughts to just maintain and remain in your mind, where you're allowing yourself to be impatient with others and unkind toward others, then you'll find that you'll make wrong decisions in your life because impure hearts make wrong decisions. Now, understand this. Your heart is the lens through which you make decisions. It's the lens. It's, it's, it's what you look towards. It's how you see a situation. It's how you see it. So many times you can look at a situation with a lens of wickedness in your heart. And let me just say, it happens a lot 
especially right now during these years, your middle school, high school years, you see that a lot, or I see it a lot. You'll run into people, and they're mad, and then, you know, they're friends one week, and then they hate that person the next week, because what they understood was, I heard that they said to somebody else this about me. So the lens that I'm looking forward or looking through is the fact that they just don't like me. Sometimes we have that lens when it comes to our teachers. We don't, we don't have the lens of, hey, they're trying to teach me something and I need to listen and I need to do my work and I need to grow. We look at it with the lens of, oh, that teacher has it out for me. And then we're lazy and we don't turn in our homework and we really have a rotten attitude while we're there in class and we're never really paying attention and we're always trying to do something else. And then when we get a bad grade, we blame the teacher. Because the lens that we're looking through at that situation is it's her fault. It's someone else's fault. It's never my fault. That's a wrong lens to look through things. But your heart is the lens through which you make your decisions. And that's why when you feel mad, you'll make a decision of doing something. Usually it's in our anger, the Bible says, that we really do foolish things. That's why the Bible says you ought to not be a person that is just given over to anger all the time. That's why the Bible says when someone's answering you, the Bible says a soft answer turneth away wrath. In fact, most businesses that are good at customer service, they'll tell you if the customer comes to you and they're angry and they're upset about something that you're supposed to say, I'm sorry about that. How can I help you? You're supposed to answer them not with, well, what, 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 what happened? What are you, what, what, we didn't do anything. You do that, and the customer's just going to get even more angry. Even businesses that aren't even Christian understand when somebody comes at you in anger, you, you go and give them a soft answer. Right? Why? Because look at it through a different lens. It's so important. If you, if you live your life looking at it through the wrong lens, allowing the wickedness of your heart to be what you're looking through and making your decisions on, you'll always make wrong decisions. But I want you to notice that your heart can guide you into God's will. Your heart can guide you into God's will. Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now I want you to notice, I have here more than 13 verses of what the Bible says that your heart can be. Your heart can be wise, stirred for the Lord, willing, glad, perceptive, inclined toward God, rejoicing, changed, perfect with God. You can have a tender heart. You can seek after God in your heart. You can prepare, be prepared to seek God. You can have a clean heart. You can have an established heart. You can be wholly given unto God. You can ask God to search you and know your heart. You can keep your heart with diligence. I mean, the Bible says, listen, your heart can be something that's the key to everything. That's why I say your heart can turn you away from God's will or it can guide you into God's will. Now, let's just break this down real quick in your notes. Number one, your heart can be spiritual. Pure hearts see clearly. The president at the Bible college that I, I used to go to, he used to say, when the heart is pure, the vision is clear. When the heart is pure, the vision is clear. In other words, when you have a good heart with God, a right heart with God, it's not really too difficult to 
to figure out what's the best thing to do in this situation. It's not hard to figure out how do I, how, how can I be patient with others? How can I be joyful for others? It's not really difficult to understand how to be long-suffering and how to, how to live a Christ-like life. It's really not that difficult. You don't, you don't have to struggle and say, man, I, I don't know. Should I pay attention in class today? You know when that happens? It's when it's foggy in your mind. And the devil is a, an expert at trying to fog your mind. Uh, just uh, today, earlier today, I was, I don't usually use sunglasses. I'm not really a big sunglasses guy, but sometimes I'll use them. And, and I got a pair that my father-in-law gave me. And, and um, it's funny because of the heat, you know, how it just gets so quickly, you know, it, down here, the, the temperature just changes so quickly. Well, I was in my truck and, and I obviously try to put it as cold as I can while I'm in the truck. And, you know, I was driving, uh, I got uh, here to church and uh, as soon as I got out of the truck, I was getting my stuff, my, my briefcase to get into the office, and as soon as I stepped out, it all fogged up, <laughs> my glasses. And what happened was, is that when there's cold air, and you step out to where there's warm air, and they come together, it creates a fog. That's actually where real fog comes as well, if, you're, uh, if it's like a, in the morning fog, what happens is maybe a cold front and a, and a warm front is hitting together and it creates fog. And the reason that you and I get foggy in our minds is because we, instead of having a pure heart towards God, we allow the devil to begin to get, in, uh, allow him to have some impure thoughts and thinking in our minds and it begins to fog everything up. That's why sometimes, even though we know better, we date the wrong person. We'll look for someone and we see that they're really, they're really cute and they're fun to hang out with. And man, look, 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 look how, how cool they are. And someone asks, well, are they Christian? Well, they, they, I mean, I think they bought a Bible one time. Does that boy or girl, do, do they love God? Well, I mean, they've heard of God. So suddenly it became so difficult to know who to date and the reason is it's starting to fog up in your mind and you're trying to justify why it's okay to disobey what God says. And what's happening is the devil is starting to get into your heart. Listen, when the heart is pure, you can see things clearly. But I want you to notice this, pure hearts see spiritual danger. Pure hearts can see the danger that's coming into your life. It's a pure heart that says, you know what? This is probably not a standard I need to, uh, to um, break in my life. You know, I need to have some boundaries, some limits in my life. And by the way, as teenagers, if you're a Christian tonight, you should have some boundaries in your life. Boundaries about who you're going to allow to be close friends with you, who you're going to allow to influence your life. You ought to have some boundaries in what you're going to listen to and what you're going to watch. You ought to have some boundaries in the way that you're going to date somebody. Uh, you, you ought to have some boundaries in your life that allow you to God, that allow your heart to remain 
pure. You know, so many times, young people, the reasons we don't see spiritual danger is because our hearts are not pure. And I want you to notice there, lastly tonight, pure hearts make right decisions. Pure hearts make right decisions. Teenagers that end up in trouble in life because they made wrong decisions. Because they didn't keep their heart pure. I can tell you in the history of our church, and the church started in 1976, there's been more than one teenager that has made a decision in their teenage years that they wish they could take back, and they can't. Some of them made those decisions in their dating life. And now they find out, because of that decision that they made, there's certain consequences. There's some of them that they wish that they wouldn't have been with a friend that night, and then they went out, and now they're sitting in a prison somewhere because instead of being careful about who they were going to allow in their life, who they're going to allow to influence their heart, they just said, it's okay, it's not a big deal. You see, pure hearts make right decisions. That's why it's so important for you right now at this age to understand, I need to make right decisions. And if I'm going to do that, I need to have a pure heart. I need to have a pure heart. Because my heart's going to determine if I'm going to get away from God's will or if I'm going to move into God's will. Young people, I I want to encourage you tonight. Ask the Lord, God, would you help me to have a pure heart? Will this year, and we're just getting started, will this school year... God, will you help me to have a school year this whole year while I have a pure heart? A heart that sees clearly the decisions I need to make. Next week, we're going to finish off this lesson on the heart, but I I just want you to think about what we've talked about so far. What a pure heart is. It's, It's what you feel and want. It's the choices that you make determines a lot of it. How you think, that's all deals with your heart. And people, impure thoughts, impure hearts lead to wrong decisions, but a pure heart always keeps the vision clear and the choices right. Determine tonight that you'll have a pure heart.